We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To another edition, Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball and more. Today, we are filming or recording or both on July 19th, 2022. Probably in your ear holes around the 21st, 22nd. Who knows? Might get a little crazy here, folks. Tonight or this afternoon, whichever whichever one I'm recording right now. <laughs> so much. I'm joined by the lovely Dan Sanyo. Save it for myself, Dan. Uh, yeah, that uh, that was quite the intro. Uh, I, I'm giving myself a birthday present by being here. Uh, it is technically it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, oh, but okay. uh, I figure, you know, what they ba- what better way to grace everyone than with a present to myself back to you? So we uh, we've got an interesting one tonight. I, I like the idea, Nathan, that you came up with, as you normally do. You normally come up with the ideas. Occasionally, I dabble in the idea realm. Not a great you know a great spot for me, but sometimes it works. Most of the time, it doesn't. Nathan, you you've come up with yet another lovely uh, lovely idea, and I, I would imagine it's thanks to our lovely sponsors like Underdog. That's true. That's true. And make sure you are tuned into the middle of the show or the end of the show or in the next like, three minutes. Who knows when that promo code's coming, but it's coming and you're going to need it for your 100% deposit match. Um, so today we're going to do the most polarizing player in every division. Some of it is scientific, a.k.a. Uh, the largest standard deviation. Uh, some of it is not. It is more so take based. We're looking at player thoughts, player trades, things like that, and considering a, a you know, higher uh, you know, variance in, in value. So talking about some players that some people have high up, some people have low up, some people have somewhere in between. So we're going division by division. First, we're going to start off with the East and West. And then after that good old ad, we will have the South and the North. So let's start off with probably, you know, it might, the, the math might not back it up, but I think from a Twitter perspective, the most polarizing player in 2022 is one Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers the most polarizing player 
in the NFC West. Yeah, well, I think the math can't really back it up because for the most part, even though the community is somewhat split on Trey Lance, there's always going to be a Trey Lance guy in a draft, and he's never willing to wait out to see if he can get him at a discount. Trey Lance drafters are drafting him, I mean, where they are continually drafting him. He seems to be going in the exact same round in every single draft. You don't really ever see him falling, you know, a round or two rounds or three rounds unless you genuinely have a full group of owners that all dislike Trey Lance. So it's he's definitely polarizing. Obviously, we, we got very limited action uh, as a rookie in 2021. Looked uh, pretty pedestrian from from my standpoint, obviously, with the uh, the upside in those legs and playmaking ability, I, I think. He definitely has a very, very high ceiling, but to be quite honest, from what we saw last year, I would I would argue his floor is about as low as it gets for these young quarterbacks. Um, it, there, there wasn't a ton of promise there. Obviously, we would like to see him continue to grow and get better now that the offense is his and they're, they're kind of scheming around his strengths, or at least I would hope that they are. And, you know, maybe everyone's back healthy. That'll be a beautiful thing. You know, if they have... Debo and they have Ayuk and they have George Kittle and and the running back room is good to go. Maybe there's just enough talent around him where they can make a pedestrian actual quarterback look like a competent one. And then we'll just reap the benefits by him using his legs. Yeah. So looking at, by the way, today you're referencing a lot of the road of his dynasty ADP app. It is one of my favorite apps on the road of his site. It's one that we're going to mention a lot throughout the next couple of months of the off season. Now that it's being, you know, updated daily, weekly of the such. So when we're referencing data from the Road of His Dynasty ADP app for this episode, we're going to be sorting from May 2nd until now, July 19th. And so looking at some data on Trey Lance, the earliest he's been picked is 10. The latest he's been picked in is 32 with a standard deviation of four. Um, so a little bit low, but that's what's going to happen when you have a highly picked guy like Trey Lance. And like you said, Dan, like people are planting that flag with Trey Lance and not wanting to be like the guy that just misses out. Um, this is coming from Rotoviz Triflex FFPC Startup Classic Best Ball Superflex 2QB 12-team drafts. So, yeah, with, with Trey Lance, I think that the 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 way that he hits his ADP, or the way that he you know hits his value in Dynasty is that he basically he's Jalen Hurts with a little bit more consistent throwing ability. You know, you, you get the, the the movement in the legs, you get the big play ability, but you just get a little bit more consistency than what we're you know seeing from Jalen Hurts over the first two years of his career. And it's crazy too because we have seen it from Jalen Hurts and we know that he can produce fantasy points, and yet there's Jalen Hurts sitting four, five, six spots lower than Trey Lance, who we have no real info on outside of our scouting ability, which, <laughs> to be quite honest, is pretty suspect. Sure. The the reason to buy Trey Lance has nothing to do with anything you scouted. It is the, you know, eye-popping sure. three first-round picks of cost acquisition. Trey Lance is going to get every possible chance to succeed, and, you know, the team is going to do their best to surround him with opportunities to succeed because if they bust on three first-round picks, they're set back at least a decade. They might be anyways, just by giving him the chance to start. Right, right. But basically, if Trey Lance is bad, they're they're terrible either way, whether they give him the shot or not. Um, they might have to call Jimmy back and see if he's ready to come back like they like the Browns did with Baker. Before we move on, you know, looking at, at the app, we have 
uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is actually one of the highest standard deviation polarizing players right now with a standard deviation of 33.4 earliest of 149 and latest of 240. So, you know, if you can if you can find the guy that has the 240 on Jimmy Garoppolo, I will pay, you know, 200 plus round, you know, you know, 200 plus overall uh, value for Garoppolo on the off chance he gets a starting job, which I think that is probably pretty likely at this stage. Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine he'll find a place like Seattle uh, or even, you know, a place like Pittsburgh, even though, yeah, they draft pick it in the first, they bring in Mitch Trubisky. That's still not a real prominent quarterback room. So I think there's plenty of places for Jimmy to go. Uh, and honestly, the the Niners as a whole are, are pretty polarizing because you have the Debo trade kind of thing. You have the Brandon Ayuk where he started off hot as a rookie and then completely disappeared. And you have the uh, often injured George Kittle you have the running back room with an overdrafted Trey Sermon, an underdrafted Elijah Mitchell, uh, a Jeff Wilson. I mean, this this place is is kind of crazy, and there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of potential fantasy points to come from it. Uh, we just need everything to to hit the you know, kind of hit the ground running. All right, let's move on to the AFC side of the Western side of the NFL, and that is the Clyde Edwards-Helaire of the Chiefs being the most polarizing player. In the AFC West. Now, I, I think that even more so, obviously, the numbers will increase because his ADP has increased. But I think he was more polarizing when he was going as, you know, a late first round, early second round startup pick. I think even his most ardent of believers have cooled on, on Clyde Edwards earlier, as evidenced by him having an early of 72 and a low of 123 with standard deviation of, of 9.3. Clyde Edwards, Edwards earlier. Neither of us have been the biggest believers of him. You actually just traded for him uh, in a Debbie league. You traded two Debbie picks for for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, so what are your current thoughts on Edwards-Alaire? Are you buying him solely because of the draft capital plus offense? Do you think that we've finally cooled enough where it's a palatable price? I think he I has think gotten to a palatable stage. I, I, I do I do I think do. at this point the, the floor slash ceiling match the price. Now, the point potential is – is up there. I still don't think he's a very good running back, but he's tied to Patrick Mahomes. They just traded their best wide receiver, and this offense is kind of open for work. He could be he could be catching more passes. He could be have the potential to run the ball more. You know, he's he he ran the ball 180 times as a rookie, only 120 times in 10 games last year. But that's kind of the workload I, I think I'm looking for from Clyde. I don't think he needs to be smashing the ball into the line 25 times a game. I think if you can get him 10 to 15 on the ground and then three to five in the air, that's he's going to be most efficient. It would keep him fresh and it'll be a nice, you know, there'll be nice dump off passes from Patrick Mahomes. And if he can do anything in the open field, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And those are kind of free points. So I think Clyde, however polarizing the prospect is or was that we are now at a stage where his price is kind of in buy zone. Not only did I trade for him in that Debbie league, Nathan, I also drafted him in Scott Fishbowl. So, um, yeah, price definitely has gotten there for me. Now, the question is, has the price on the Chiefs running backs become palatable enough to invest in both Ronald Jones at a 134 early, 182 late, 12.1 standard deviation? Like, that those two are cheap enough. You could probably get them like this may sound like an overpay at, at first glance, but essentially you can pay like a late first round pick and get Ronald Jones and Clyde Edwards together. Obviously three team trade or whatever it might be. But I, I think that 
if you are worried about Clyde Edwards-Hiller being hashtag bad at football, then just you know dig a little deeper into your pocket and pay a little bit on on top to get Ronald Jones as well. Yeah, it's funny too because I I'd always been a Ronald Jones fan. I, I'm still you know stashing everything to this day, but. Uh, to be honest, in that offense, I'm I'm probably still grabbing Clyde only. Uh, I would love to have both of them just in case one ends up, you know, they end up going hot hand or whatever. Um, or if all of a sudden Ronald Jones becomes that Andy Reid running back again, like we've seen so many times in the past, and we haven't really seen with Clyde quite yet. Uh, I, 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 I like the idea of having I like both it. of them. I, it's, but if it's going to cost me a first in a potential move, maybe not. If I could get away with throwing a, a second and a flyer, and grabbing Clyde, you know, obviously I traded a couple of Debbie picks, but that's not really doesn't the value there isn't really worth what I think a first in most leagues is worth. Sure. All right, let's move on to the eastern side of the United States. And we have Antonio Gibson uh, being a polarizing player for the Washington Commanders. Right now going at the earliest 43, latest 108, standard deviation of 12.3. This, along with the next guy we're talking about, I don't really understand why they are polarizing, but for some reason they are. I think that people are over-scared. Like, I have more Brian Robinson than anyone on the planet, and even I'm not afraid of Brian Robinson as an Antonio Gibson manager. I think that Robinson is going to be a fine RB2 in the NFL and fine RB2 for, for the commanders. I don't think that he kills Gibson's value whatsoever. I think Gibson is a, a very fine high-end RB2 type, you know, as long as the commander's offense isn't a dumpster fire, which isn't when that range of I was. I'll put it this way. I'm more worried about Carson Wentz being terrible than I am Brian Robinson. I'm worried about Wentz being terrible. I'm not worried about Brian Robinson, but I'm also very worried about the guy who's stealing work and stealing pass catches last year, J.D. McKissick. He goes back after agreeing to go to the Bills, takes that back and says, hey, I got unfinished business. And the commanders have been pretty darn vocal about being a committee backfield. That is not good news for Antonio Gibson owners, whether it's coach speak or or they're just trying to throw off the scent. J.D. McKissick's back, so that it, that really hinders Gibson's upside, especially because he is a great pass catcher, and he's not as formidable between the tackles. I would much rather have him in the McKissick role than in like a, a, a Melvin Gordon role. Uh, yeah, I... I, I don't love it. I, I get that the talent is still there. You know, the, the talent doesn't leave. But the offense as a whole, outside of Terry McLaurin, is is kind of tough, to be completely honest. I, I don't love the pieces. Obviously, I despise Carson Wentz. I think they would have had more upside with Taylor Heineke. But it's a tough one. I, I think... I think Gibson is definitely polarizing. I, I think if you're in a rebuild or on your way building up, he's definitely, he's definitely just a hold. But if you're looking for points, I think I'm looking anywhere else outside of the commander's backfield, uh, unless you're just looking to fill a bye week type guy and, and then go get J.D. McKissick. But I'm, I'm hands off of Gibson right now from a buying perspective. Yeah, I mean, if there's a buying perspective for Gibson – like I'm, 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 I'm firmly on the whole and I'm not selling him because I, I, I think he's he'll be fine in that offense. But I think if there's a buying position, it would be after this year when he's a year away from free agency on and, and going into his fourth year, and you know there's a hope of moving on or the what commander's offense you know shaping up. I don't ever see that happening at this point with all the miscues they've made in the quarterback position. 
But overall, I, I like the talent, but I do worry about the surroundings a little bit short-term and long-term. Now let's move on to the AFC East. And there's a few candidates here, but the one we're going to talk about for the most polarizing at, as of now, the July 2022, is Damian Harris. You know, the Patriots backfield, if we were to talk about the most polarizing position and we're talking about like a team in all of Dynasty in the last 20 years, it could be the, the Patriots running back. Some people have him as top five running back every year. Sometimes some people have him as never draft him RB40. So Damian Harris, looking at his um, ADP on the eight rows of his ADP app, earliest of 104, latest of 107, is there a deviation of 15.8? I would very much enjoy being in the draft that got him at 170. That would be very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Um, that's very, very cheap. And, you know, obviously pretty, pretty highly touted in college, obviously at Alabama, uh, didn't really get the love coming out as, as definitely not as much as I thought he would. Didn't go until the third round and didn't really, I mean, I think he only played like 10 snaps as a rookie or something like that. Had an okay sophomore showing rushing for just about 700 yards still has never really been involved in the passing game, which is kind of surprising considering the dink and dunk offense that Mac Jones is operating under. Um, and then last year he, you know, he rushes for just under a thousand but we also but see we also, a, a mini breakout from Ramondre Stevenson, who they spent essentially the same draft capital on. And we kind of assume that this is going to be a, a shared backfield. But even so, I, I still think it's Damian Harris's to to lose from like a 1A, 1B standpoint. And I, I also think that the offense just works a little bit better with Harris. But I also believe that again the nfl is a committee situation for running backs there's very few true bell cows remaining and new england has always been a team that has never really had a true bell cow outside of that like one legarrett blunt year um and maybe like Corey dillon back in the day when he moved on from cincinnati but outside of that it's always been a, a whole bunch of hands in the cookie jar and uh, it's never never great, but I, I still see so much upside. And honestly, you could have thrown Ramondre Stevenson into this spot as well. I think both of them provide a lot of value considering where they're being drafted. And uh, I, I wouldn't hate having either of them, but I would prefer to have Damian. Yeah, Stevenson, earliest to 115, latest 164, 12.5 standard deviation as well. So it looks like their values are a lot closer than than I thought. Uh, and if so, give me Harris easily. I think that he has a much you know safer floor, uh, maybe not quite the upside because we've kind of seen what we're going to get from Damian Harris. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm all aboard, you know, talking about buying backfields. I'd be fine buying that backfield on the cheap, um, hoping that Mac Jones kind of takes that next step. Now, you're going to take that next step from this conversation about the AFC and NFC East into your bank account, and you're going to make a deposit with Underdog, right, Dan? That's right. right. They're going to offer you up to a 100% match on that very first deposit with that that lovely promo code is R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, Roto-Viz. And you can use that extra money. You can you can join the Best Ball Mania Three contest. You can join any of the regular Best Ball contests. You can you can play the Pick'em games. You can do whatever you want. There's there's so many things to do at Underdog. There's so much fun to be had and so much money to be won. And when I say so much money to be won, I'm referencing the Best Ball Mania Three contest. Nathan, 
$10 million prize pool. Yeah, that's a lot of zeros, in case you were wondering. I'm not going to do the math to figure out how many it is. I would think it's like six or seven of them, maybe eight. Who knows? I, that's a lot of zeros. I didn't go to school for math. Calm down. So, yeah, Best Ball Mania 3, get in there. It's, it's your normal best ball contest. No waivers, no trades, no in-season management. But guess what? Normal best ball tournaments don't have a $10 million prize pool. So make sure you get in. They are matching deposits up to one hundred or up to one hundred dollars, a hundred percent of it. So you put in a hundred, they put in a hundred. All you have to all do, you have to do is use is promo use code, code Rotoviz. R O T O V I Z. Nathan, we love underdog. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's get into the other half of the NFL, the South and the North of the divisions. We have a new member. We, we, we chopped it up a little bit talking about him last week, and apparently he's still polarizing looking at that that filter from May to now. Polarizing player, Baker Mayfield, standard deviation of 32.8, if my memory is serving correctly, that's the highest of the players we've talked about so far, a low of 122, and a high, once again, I, I it's obvious to say, like, oh, if this player lasts until his floor, it's, just, it's a really good idea. If you got Baker, like, no, you know what? You know what, Dan? <laughs> if you are the person who got Baker Mayfield at pick 239, like slide in my DMs. I'm going to figure out how to get you like a 50% off road of his code. I'll just buy him a whole sub. <laughs> Screw it. 239? Who lets Baker? Uh, that had to have been a one quarterback league. There's no, there's no way. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening with the sorter and the filter, but if that was a super flex league, that is bananas. Uh, Baker Mayfield starter for the Carolina Panthers, uh, despite the state competition between Matt, Cor- Matt Corral and uh, Sam Darnold. So I guess what, what are, what, what are the cases for his ceiling? What are the cases for Baker Mayfield's floor? Well, I think his floor is much higher than people are giving credit for. He's going into a much better situation outside of maybe offensive line. Uh, I think Cleveland's offensive line was was a decent amount better. But if Baker's healthy, you know, I think we're getting that 2020 Baker. Even the 2019 Baker was pretty solid outside of throwing a lot of picks. You know, the, the yardage was there. The touchdowns were close. I think he's in that 30 touchdown range, maybe a little bit more now that we have one extra game. Uh, not that I'm expecting him to throw three touchdowns every single game, but I think he'll probably be in the realm of averaging two, you know, the 1.9, 1.8. Um, and you, you finally, you have a, a legitimate weapon in DJ Moore. You have arguably the best running back in the league, Sands, Jonathan Taylor. And you have a fresh start. You have a chip on your shoulder. If you're healthy, uh, I, I mean, this this could really be a, a coming out party for Baker Mayfield. You know, we, we've seen the likes of like Russell, like Russell Wilson, Wilson just play that play on the that field like as a like three quarters dead. I, I don't even know how Russell survived in Seattle the way he did. And that's what we saw from Baker when you could tell he wasn't right. You could tell he wasn't operating at 100 uh, percent. And now was that smart on his behalf because he thought he was doing the team a favor? Well, obviously not, because they didn't see it that way. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a weird situation, but I do think that Carolina obviously got a great deal. They can move on from Lego head Sam Darnold. They don't have to do anything with Matt Corral in the short term. I think they can just let him sit with a clipboard and watch games and learn um, because there, I guess there's a chance maybe he could develop into a, a mid-tier type quarterback. But for now, but for I, I think you, you vastly exactly. increase your upside as a team with Baker Mayfield and... I'm definitely taking him over, I mean, probably 10 or maybe 10 other starting quarterbacks, 10 or 12 starting quarterbacks. I think he's probably in that mid QB2 range right now until we see and get confirmation that he is 100% healthy. Um, but, I mean, there there is still that, that, little, that little voice in the back of your head saying, well, maybe he just was actually bad and the, the injury thing was just a ruse. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I think that, DJ Moore is going to do a lot for, for Baker Mayfield, as I talked about last week. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think that he's closer to, I'll put it this way, I think he's closer to his median than he is his ceiling or, or floor. Um, you know, so I, I think that's kind of how it's going to end up playing out, and, and neither of the extremists on either side are going to be end up being right. Now let's go to the AFC South. This was, was an interesting one to look at wh- who the polarizing players are, but with the standard deviation of 24.2, earliest 39, latest 174, was Malik Willis. And this was all post-draft from May 2nd on. Um, so what are your thoughts on this large gap between earliest to latest for Malik Willis? Well, well I, I think the situation would be much different if you had the draft capital. You know, Kenny Pickett being the only quarterback – that went in the first round and then Willis going to a team like Tennessee that does still have uh, kind of a tenured starter in place in Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I would have, I would have put him much more on the Trey Lance trajectory 
Had he been had taken he, earlier, uh, obviously, uh, obviously the Titans didn't trade three other picks to to go get him like the the Niners did with Trey Lance. But I I think he'll slowly work his way up as we see him in packages, as we maybe start to see him take over if Tennessee ends up being hashtag bad, uh, if Derrick Henry ends up being hashtag bad, hashtag bad. Obviously, moving on from AJ Brown isn't great, but they also bring in Traylon Burke, so. That that young tandem, I think, can can work wonders for for the franchise. I think both of those players are are much better than you know some of the naysayers are are leading us the rest of us to believe. I do think Malik Willis can be a starter in this league. Um, you know, again, super low floor uh, and much like Trey Lance, uh, just a ridiculously high ceiling because of you know, because of the, the physical traits. You know, he's got everything that you want physically. We just need to see it on the field in an NFL game and consistently. So um, I think Malik Willis at his price tag is phenomenal. I'm I'm happy to jump on there and and take him where I can get him, trade for him for whatever that rookie that rookie price is. I mean, you're you're still seeing him late one, early two in a lot of these super draft leagues. And yes, you're having to wait on the points and and maybe maybe you're looking for a wide receiver there and you can grab. Christian Watson or something instead, but I, I don't think there's much more upside in the whole rookie class than in Malik Willis. Yeah, my, my comparison for Malik Willis, which I don't think there's anything going out there, it's a less instant J- Jalen Hurts. So sure. Jalen Hurts got playing time because you knew Carson Wentz was going to get her, and he was bad. Ryan Tannehill <laughs> doesn't. What's that? I said and Carson Wentz was bad. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, Tannehill was not as bad as Wentz. You know, has been over the last few years, and Tannehill isn't as injury prone as as Wentz has been over the last few years. Um, so I don't I don't know if Willis is going to get that year one playing time, but I would not be surprised to see him starting, you know, in twenty twenty three for the Tennessee Titans. So, and I think once he gets there, he's on that Jalen Hurts trajectory of he's going to have some huge games rushing, he's going to have some you know big performances, he's going to have some duds. Um, you can say it about every quarterback ever, but you know what I mean? There's going to be some inconsistencies like you've seen from early career Jalen Hurts, and I think you're, that's going to transfer over to Malik Willis as well. So I, I'm i not reaching for Malik Willis's ceiling, but if I can get him at his medium price or even a little bit lower, I, I'm perfectly fine with waiting out the Tannehill, the Tannehill thing in order for his price to spike when he has a, a big, like, you know, 200 passing yards and 70 rushing yards, that type of week his price is going to instantly raise from like a mid second to a late first. He's the perfect stash player because the cost to acquire isn't going to cripple your team. And the, the potential, you know, the potential there is just, it's really unmatched. All right. We got two more players, two more divisions. We have NFC North. We are going with Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard has a early of 124, a late of 194, a standard deviation of 17.2 for the Green Bay Packers. Wide receiver one question mark. Um, I think that might, this might be why he is, you know, considered polarizing and, or why he has this, this stretch in value is that basically if you think Alan Lazard is the Packers wide receiver one, there's no way he should get out of the, you know, the late eight, nine, 10 round range in dynasty and even in, in redraft, to be honest. Um, but if you don't think he's that case and, and he's not that at that, at that talent level and Christian Watson will overcome come him or other players in that receiving room will overcome him, then, you know, if he's the Packers wide receiver three, he doesn't nearly have that same value as the Packers wide receiver one. Well, I would say at the very least, he's a very, very attractive best ball type asset because 
realistically at 6'5 or 6'6, whatever he is, he should be your go-to in the red zone along with Robert Tanyan. Uh, obviously, you have that great backfield in, in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and you still have arguably the best quarterback in the league in Aaron Rodgers. So uh, not much around him, his range of outcomes, like you said. Uh, I mean, he, he, he could be wide receiver one. He could take over 100-plus targets, or he could get surpassed instantly by the rest of the roster and just be a complete nobody and be on the practice squad by week seven. I don't think that's within the range of outcomes, but, you know, maybe. Uh, last year, you know, we, we saw kind of flashes and, and, you know, little lights at the end of the tunnel where, you know, he's scoring touchdowns, he's making big plays down the field. And I, I, I think they will get him more... I would definitely assume he's going to get more reps, more looks, more targets than just then stuff just down the field or in the red zone because that's a big body. That's a hard person to cover. Whether or not he's the best route runner, I think is uh, you know a little bit irrelevant, especially when you're looking at the NFC North and the best cornerbacks that are in that division are on the Green Bay Packers. They have the best secondary in the division. So I, I would imagine Aaron Rodgers will still be picking apart defenses there. Uh because it's Aaron Rodgers. So uh, he can throw somebody open better than anybody in the league. And I mean, that's Alan Lazard's upside is just being really the only wide receiver with any reps outside of like Randall Cobb with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers in the last couple of years. All right. And let's wrap up with the most polarizing player on the field, off the field and everywhere in between AFC North's Deshaun Watson. Browns and AFC. My brain is not broken at the end of this podcast. Um, so his his numbers will be a little bit different because he is an early round player. But we have an early of five and a low of 51. Um, and, you know, with the news coming in and now, it's harder to, you know, look at ADP over a two to three month span. But standard deviation of 9.8. We kind of know how the ceiling and the floor happen with this one. On, on And honestly, like this might be one of the cases that there is no median here, really. I mean, there is because, you know, if you factor in, okay, what is a year suspension worth? What's an eight-game suspension worth? And all those different things. But I think that, you know, if you're drafting Watson, you're either going to get a bargain or you're going to overpay. Yeah, like you said, there's really no there's really no in-between. It's it's a weird spot. It's a touchy situation. And to be honest, yeah, I mean, the, the, the offense, you know, obviously they have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt. They bring in Amari Cooper. Uh, they re-signed David and Joku, but but I mean, is that super super attractive? It's it's not DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. You know, this isn't this isn't the the high octane pass catchers of of Houston that we're used to with Deshaun. And I'm not saying that he can't hold up on his own. I'm just I'm a little bit worried that there will be missed time, and it it will take time for him to get recaught back up to game speed he hasn't played in how long and that that to me is probably the bigger worry as far as the floor goes i think the floor is probably lower than these numbers are saying especially when you consider the potential for a one-year suspension a two-year suspension a, a whatever and you know there there's not a lot of precedent for that suspension but you know it, it's a different it's a completely different situation so uh i'm I'm holding the one the 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 shares that I have of Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson 
I'm not I'm actively not- drafting or acquiring. It's just kind of a situation I want to avoid uh, without having to to spend any more value for a team. You know, speaking obviously only in fantasy football terms, we're we're <laughs> nothing nothing crazy here. But um, I, I think Cleveland could potentially be a powerhouse, but I'm I'm fearful of the like the floor, the lower than floor, like the crawl space is is now Deshaun Watson's floor. Okay, so I guess I'll just break it down this way, and we'll we'll, we'll go a few different ways. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give you a length of suspension, and I want you to give me where you'd be taking him in a startup based on that suspension. A startup in July 2022, August 2022. Eight-game suspension. Uh, late second, early third? 16-game suspension. The fifth? Fifth. And two-year suspension. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all? Like Not like a 12th-rounder? Um, um uh, that's a lot yeah. of time to, to wait in between, to be honest. I mean, that's, that's 34 games you're missing out on of, of potential fantasy production. And, you know, it could be the Michael Vick, Vick bit where he's gone and he comes back and he's still great. Uh, it's also a chance that he's fully done, you know, that, that could be it. Nobody gives him a chance coming back because these are people, not dogs we're talking about. So, uh, if it is that, I, I, I don't think... I think it's better. There's a better chance that he doesn't play another snap in the NFL than he would be ever returning to quarterback one form. And for what it, or I was just my opinion here, but I think that at both of those suspension numbers, I don't think you're getting either. I think that at an eight game suspension, he's still going late first, early second. For sure, for sure. And at a 16 game suspension, he's probably going like early third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are, I'm a lot more risk adverse uh, than most owners of won plenty of championships doing it so i'll probably continue to do it that way especially when it's something uh as as crazy as this all righty that should wrap us up uh so we we referenced this awesome tool the road of his dynasty app uh, adp app got your earliest your lowest standard deviation got your adp positional adp road of his rank and road of his positional rank all in one place as well as other things like the adp charts adp rises and fallers and the draft grid and so much more that you can play around with with the Rotoviz, Triflex, um, FFPC uh, ADP, M- MFL ADP, and FFPC ADP. I said a lot of words just now, but what you need to know is that if you're doing a startup in the last two months of the offseason and you're not using the app, you just don't like you know like winning. You, your money set fire to it, right, Dan? Yeah, I mean everybody uses rankings and ADP as a kind of a baseline for their drafts and for their values. And there's really and there's, not, a, to be completely honest, there's really not a cleaner one than this. There's so much, there's so much customizable content uh, in all of the apps, but the ADP one specifically, you're able to kind of, you can move it around between rookie drafts and startup drafts. You can sort it by positions and and other places do these things, but there's so much more information here that you can either completely disregard by turning it off or you can fully customize, rip the thing wide open and, and get every piece of information you can possibly want. It's super clean and it's, I mean, it's it's as good as it gets. So make sure you're getting and you're getting the subscriptions because this is only one of the many apps that Nathan and I both use, but plenty of people winning titles probably in your leagues use as well. All right. And that's RV Radio 2022 for your 10% discount. Uh, that should wrap us up for this evening. Any last words, Dan? That's it. Send them home.
Kadoom! 